Some 400 million people around the world suffer from incontinence, and the numbers are going up. And that means a growing demand for incontinence products. So how do you produce and dispose of these products sustainably? Welcome to Renewable Future from the renewable materials company Store Ensum. Incontinence, it's not a subject people particularly like to talk about. In fact, nobody talks about it at all, and that's a big part of the problem. It's a problem for those who suffer from it and for those who are trying to make it more sustainable. If urinary incontinence was a country it would be the third largest by population. So it is really a massive, massive question. That's Tina Weitinen from the University of Tampere in Finland, a postdoctoral research fellow who has been looking into the global political economy of the adult incontinence pad. There are also people who live with faecal incontinence. Uh, it's estimated that up to 6% of those who are under 40 years old suffer from faecal incontinence. And it's not only a question of women, but also men. And uh, there are various different reasons for it, from like injuries and chronic illnesses and so on and so on. It's a, it's a big question. And yet nobody is really talking about it. So why is that? Yeah, I think this is really fascinating that we don't, because it's such a, they say that it's not normal, but it's very common. And yet we don't really know anything about uh, incontinence unless we live with the condition or work with it. So, but but then if you start thinking about it, there is a massive stigma around questions of both feces and urine, like pee and poo, basically. And especially with poo, I, there are like, like incontinence is a taboo, but there is a, really a taboo within a taboo. So we should really talk about it. So when it comes to incontinence products, let's just be clear. What we're talking about is basically an adult diaper. Marion Koenig, project manager for Fluff Pulp at Store Enso, explains. Incontinence products uh, belong to a category of products called absorbent hygiene products or disposable hygiene products. And other products in this category is baby diapers and fem feminine care like sanitary pads. Uh, and technically, these products are quite similar to each other when it comes to the con construction and materials used in them. Uh, an incontinence product for heavy incontinence is basically a baby diaper, only it's bigger in size. And if you have a light incontinence problem, then you probably use a product which is similar to a, a femcare product. Uh, so that's also the reason why many producers of hygiene uh, products, they are often producing both incontinence products, baby care and feminine care products. Uh, when it comes to the material, you could think, or at least I thought when I was new in this industry, that uh, uh, it basically contains some kind of paper or, or, or pulp, uh, most part of the product, but that is in fact not, not the fact. Uh, most uh, incontinence care products contain a lot of different materials. One of Kanish's colleagues at Store Enso is Stefan Klang, head of the fluff pulp segment. He breaks down the numbers in a bit more detail for us. If you look at a baby diaper, probably around 70% is, is coming from fossil materials, while 30% is from renewable. Uh, on the adult incontinence, it's 
in the range of 70%, which is renewable materials. Uh, But on the other hand, I think that in general terms, the market and the industry is looking at making all these products, especially baby diapers, but also the the adult incontinence as much uh, renewable as possible uh, since uh, adult incontinence is is growing so fast. Uh, There is also a trend to um, have this uh, product also becoming uh, as sustainable as possible. But even if there are more renewable materials in an adult incontinence pad, there are still 400 million people potentially using these products every day. Which means the waste issue and the carbon footprint issue are significant problems. Tina Vaitanen again. These products are mainly disposable products that contain plastic. So these are products that rely on fossil-based materials. And they need to be disposed after every single use. And there are no technologies for recycling the products after the use because of the sort of really dirty nature of the bio-waste. So the waste of these products ends up in either landfill or incineration, depending on the waste management system and infrastructures within each particular society. Neither of these solutions are really climate friendly. And then if you think about how common the condition of incontinence is and how many of these products are used every every single day across the world, in every single country, and after use, disposed. So the climate impact of these products uh, is really quite massive. Yeah, so more ecological life cycles for continuous products is really something we, we really need to start talking about. The reason the sustainability issue hasn't come to the fore previously has also been because nobody's talking about the topic. But that could be changing. There used to be a stigma attached to female care products like sanitary pads also, But that's long gone, and it looks like it's going in the same direction for adult incontinence products. Marianne Koenig. If you think about these products like incontinence care, baby diapers, femcare, within that sector, baby diapers have always been kind of the biggest type of product. Uh, And the the driver for driving that is, you know, increased living standard, uh, and yeah, more and more consumers able to, to buy these products, basically. What we've seen now and lately is that the incontinence care segment is growing much faster than uh, the, the baby care. And the driver for that is, of course, that we are getting older. We want a more active lifestyle and therefore you, you want you know, or you need these products. Maybe you don't want them, but you, but you need them. And that is also the, the market for especially incontinence care then is traditionally the buyers of incontinence care's product has been institutional caregivers, hospitals and so forth. And you, you got the uh, products on, on a pr- prescription based basically. And that's still the case. But what we also see is that we are co- seeing incontinence uh, products coming into the supermarkets. I think that will also change this market becoming then maybe more sustainable because then it's not only price that will be important to compete with, it will be sustainability as we have seen for baby diapers and femcare products. And consumers will have the power to decide, you know, what type of product do they want to buy. So with the products now in front of our eyes on supermarket shelves, the stigma might just get broken a little. And this can create consumer demands for a more sustainable product. Is that really likely? 
Stefan Klang says it's already happening. The producers uh, of hygiene products have realized that this is a new trend and the trend is definitely there to stay. There is a competitive advantage if you have a sustainability direction also for adult incontinence and not only looking at baby diapers or femcare. So I think this is uh, definitely a step change. Uh, It's definitely not far away that adult incontinence products can be 100% renewable. Uh, or from renewable materials, uh, which is dif- more difficult in, in a baby diaper. Tina Weitinen at the University of Tampere, however, says that to make this industry truly sustainable, it's not just the producers. If we actually want to have change, uh, it's really not enough that r- some researchers or businesses that produce continence products think about sustainable continence care. Uh, because this is also not simply a question of the product, it's about adequate continence care and treatments. It's about waste management infrastructures. Uh, So it's a public health concern that cuts through the entire society, whether or not all members of of society are incontinent, because of course this is never the case. So uh, it's actually states would need to start taking action in this manner, just as they do about sanitation matters for those who can control their bowel and their bladder. So what is actually happening today? Well, it turns out quite a lot. A lot of producers are already making totally chlorine-free adult incontinence pads. This is reducing the chemical usage and carbon footprint of every adult incontinence product. At Stora Enso's Innovation Centre, several projects are underway, and one has already completed a full-scale trial. Marianne Koenig. I'm super excited about this because I'm quite new, only working with this area for a couple of years. And when I joined, uh, I started to read a lot a bit what are the trends in the industry. And there is a trend towards less white products driven, you know, by consumers and driven by the sustainability trend. And I was also thinking, you know, why can't I buy an unbleached hygiene product? And we started to to work with that question. Can we actually produce a fluff pulp, which is just as good, just as clean and everything, only that it, it is not bleached? And we are super excited to having taken the first steps in this project to actually prove that, yes, the fluff pulp will be as clean and perform as well as normally bleached fluff fluff pulp. Uh, But it will then have this great advantage of a 20 to 30% less carbon footprint. This, of course, means that if the consumers accept unbleached hygiene products, there are also savings to be made in the other materials. You know, when you construct this with fluff pulp and superabsorbents, and you can think about the the carbon footprint altogether that that will bring. And and that would not be like a super super complicated product to make. And Stora Enso's researchers are continuously looking at other innovations. Stora Enso is a producer of fluff pulp, and it's just one raw material going into these products. I don't think that we will in the future see products with a a lot of more fluff pulp. I mean, we've been there. What we will see, however, is that we will see other materials in the product becoming more biodegradable, becoming, you know, not produced by fossil based, but coming from a tree instead. 
So what about a product that's fully biodegradable? Is that possible? Given the huge waste issue, a biodegradable incontinence pad is a very attractive option. Well, it's not as far off as it might seem. Katri Lattekainen at Lappinranta Latta University of Technology in Finland has been researching bio-based and biodegradable diapers and adult incontinence products for the past five years. And the coronavirus has been an unlikely catalyst in this work. About five months ago, I got a phone call from one small company who have heard our research concerning this diaper material development. And this CEO of the one company, she asked me that would I be the one who would collect the team from the companies who together would start develop bio-based or biodegradable healthcare personal protective equipment, like protective clothes and face masks. And uh, now we are at the point that we have negotiated with many big companies and are forming this consortium. And our target is that next January we will start. She believes that within two years, fully biodegradable masks will be in place. Now, the same principles apply to incontinence products. So if the personal protective equipment is ready, then this can pave the way for a fully biodegradable adult incontinence pad. If you think diaper, the surface layer, we need that uh, the liquid goes through to this superabsorbent layer, which absorbs the liquid. So it, it must be a little bit water resistant because if it's wet all the time, it affects very bad skin problems. But on the other hand, the outer layer must be totally water resistant. And if you think what kind of uh, abilities we need, thinking these protective clothes and uh, for instance, it's quite, it's not so far away. I'm optimistic because, uh, especially now, because I have got and found and and these different companies who, uh, who who are not actually competing against each other but they bring all the highest level um, abilities to this consortium and i can see that really we can we can success but the keyword is together if i if if i get these people and companies work together then we will success i'm i'm sure It's a subject that rarely gets talked about and yet affects the lives of hundreds of millions of people across the planet. Let's hope that even more people can now take up the discussion and we see more actors making breakthroughs for a more circular and renewable future. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Renewable Future from the Renewable Materials Company, Store Enso. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas for new programmes or any comments you may have. Mail to podcast at storeenso.com.